1: What up? This is Myron, and you are listening to the Rye Bread and Mustard, a Mariners podcast. The Down on the Docks on the Other Side of the Tracks dive bar style podcast of and about the Seattle Mariners that you are listening to right here on the Odyssey app. Or hey, wherever else you're getting that podcast action from, I'm not going to judge you as long as you're liking, subscribing, and sharing, and just enjoying the rye bread mustard and mariners podcast and listen if you're checking this out on youtube all those feelings apply all right what a week it was of free agency on the hot stove for the seattle mariners or or wait that was last week it was pretty eventful this week not much has happened but we have had plenty to talk about here on the podcast so going off of the comments and the feedback and the downloads and all of those analytics, I've picked three things to bring back from this week to feature that I think are just stuck in my head. And if I had to pick three that are intriguing me right now, it is the discussion we had about the possibility of a match between, between J.D. Martinez and the Seattle Mariners, taking a deeper look at like the fear of losing Cal Raleigh, not happening in my opinion ever but you know if you go online or you listen to what people have to say on social media you keep seeing this he's as good as gone in a few years he's a Boris guy blah 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 so to me that's kind of crazy but Hanno and I are just kind of talking about why that fear is there and taking a look from both sides of it And look, there's no secret that everybody in the league, if they are going to trade with the Mariners, it's going to be for their young pitching. A lot of the time it's, or I would say most of the time, it's about the starting pitching. But still, if you think about it, there's a couple of dogs in the bullpen, a couple of young guys with some club control. We're focusing on Matt Brash and just kind of talking about maybe the value of Matt Brash is something that... We could be underestimating as far as a trade chip. Hate to lose him, but we're just kind of talking about how valuable he is and why he would be an attractive piece in a uh, in a trade. Anyways, I'm gonna shut the hell up and we're gonna get into that right after this.
0: Get ready to play hardball in the Kingdome. Take me to the ballgame. I want to see the ants. The Mariners are playing hardball. It again and again and again. It again. Princess Tours, the vacation company, brings you the best show in baseball when the San Diego Chicken plays hardball with the Seattle Mariners and the Baltimore Orioles tonight in the Kingdome.
1: That's just a tough situation to be in the other team. He also seems to be linked to heavily right here on Sunday morning. As I read is the Anaheim angels, different kind of situation, but same feelings. If I'm JD Martinez, I want nothing to do with that stench of Otani's not here anymore. I want nothing to do with it. Um, I know Arizona diamondbacks were linked to him a little bit earlier this week, but We were talking about it here on the podcast, and it's one of the segments that I keep thinking about. Uh, Here it is. Here's us talking about the possibility of J.D. Martinez in a Seattle Mariners uniform in 2024. J.D. Martinez is obviously not going to be the Dodgers DH next year. This is somebody that possibly last year, could have been a big fit. People were a little weary about him because he kind of had a down year in Boston before he left. Uh, bounced back with 271, 33 home runs, 103 RBIs, 117 hits. Uh, he is 36 years old. He is a DH, a primary DH. But Jerry did say more so now than he was last year. Last year, they were completely against just getting a DH hitter. They wanted. All these versatile players, like, what's the guy's name? What are all the players, the versatile players they had last year? I said I'd never speak their names again.
3: Tommy LaStella.
1: Yeah, like it was Tommy LaStella and the guy that we Adam,
3: – Adam LaRoche.
1: Mm-hmm. Adam LaRoche. Uh, what was the guy? Cooper Hummel. Yeah. yeah. Tom Murphy. Tom Murphy. I think he was the starting DH, I think, at the start of the year. Um, but yeah, well, we passed up on DJ Pollock. DJ Pollock, there you go. Um, yeah, so last year's war was 1.9, he had 432 at bats. He was playing on a deep teams that you didn't have to play every day if you didn't need to, but the guy still hit 271 OPS of 893. And Ninja, you're saying this is the guy that we cannot pass on again, and we made a mistake on it last year. It's what you said on the last episode. Sell us on this.
0: Well, I mean, he's one of the better hitters in baseball. He has been.
3: You know, he's a veteran
2: prepper, you
3: know, presence. You know, we're going to need. It'd be nice to have that, too. But, I mean, you can look at his career stats and, the you know, what you're going to – he's estimated to get one year – 14 or 15 million this year from somebody but it's like a poor a poor man's otani i think second best DH in the game behind otani yeah he's an he's an upgrade that's for sure uh, another piece of many pieces that this team is missing since they have moved on from so many guys and made so many trades here in the early part of the hot stove but uh, I haven't really got much back in far as far as production like a J.D. Martinez would be. So, yeah, he would be a guy that would be nice. There's also another couple of D.H.'s I know you're going to talk about or guys that could D.H., but he's definitely on that list.
1: The only thing that concerns me about him is you are bringing a lot of strikeouts back into the fold. I mean, he's a, he looks like he's right now in the last – Three seasons, he's averaged around a buck fifty on the strikeouts, but the guy does slug. Um, and he's a DH, and he you've got to have somebody like that in the lineup. You just can't have four guys in the lineup that are like that. Um, but the guy, but the guy has played, you know, in the last few years, except for 2013 when he was. Young here, I believe he might have had an injury that year in, in Houston. Um, this is a guy that plays quite a lot of games. You're looking at at bats in the six, almost 700. We're looking at, um, as far as RBIs, last year, 103. He had, in his down year, he had 62 prior to that. 99, we'll skip over 20. But in, let's just say this, in, in 54 games, he had 27 RBIs. 18 he had uh, 130. I mean, this is somebody that's been an MVP voting four times in the last three years, he's been an all-star. So I, yeah, that I mean a, a little bit ago, but he's still you know he's turned into the primary DH. So
3: if if, if you like Mike Ford.
1: Yeah, and he's a but he is a better option than Mike Ford. Hanno,
3: I was just going to say too, uh, if he likes where he lives, um, the gentleman, Mister Otani, who took his job, he could go and replace Otani in Anaheim, and not have to move. It's all going to come down to money, probably,
1: and just wither away the rest of <laughs> the rest of his career, or get flipped. Um, I saw that he is linked to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, yeah,
3: which he's played with, uh, there before
1: which I like to call the uh, the, the fake Mariners uh, out, out there. But uh, yeah, you put J.D. Martinez in that lineup with, with A.U. Henny. There's a lot of strikeouts right there, but uh, a lot of thump in the lineup. Uh, you know, this guy drafted by the Twins, 06, but pretty much he was a product of the Astros that went to Detroit, that went to Boston, and uh, – You know, Houston's been pretty good at picking people. Um, God damn, that was such a a deep team. So, J.D. Martinez would obviously hit with, like, fourth in a Mariners lineup.
3: Yeah, he's definitely our cleanup guy.
1: And just to go back on his salary, I pulled it up right here. Last year, he made $10 million. So, yeah, the Mariners... Like were you saying completely fucked up on this for $10 million. You could have had this in your lineup last year.
3: Well, you mentioned, you know, the big strikeouts. If you went to Arizona with Eugenio, um, I would have taken last year with Eugenio. I mean, they can help each other out. Sure. They probably would have struck out a lot, but you know, one guy can protect the other, you know, it lengthens the lineup like Scott likes to say. I mean, how many homers you say hit last year? Thirty-three.
1: Yeah. Thirty.
3: <laughs> he's gonna make more than ten million.
0: His expected contract
1: is fourteen to fifteen million. Okay. So that's so he's he's getting a bump. He bet on it. He he he's coming up from last year. Had a great year when people were doubting him. Uh, God damn! I would I would love to have this guy in the lineup. And yes, you said. Again, there's your leadership that we're missing in the.
0: Hi, this is Tom Pachorka of the Seattle Mariners, inviting everybody to come on out to the Kingdom on August 23rd for Mariners Funny Nose Glasses Night. I Be the first Tom. in your neighborhood Tom, to have. Tom, I'm sorry. August 23rd is not Funny Nose Glasses Night. It's huh? Jacket Night, Tom. Jacket Night? Yes, every jacket. kid 14 and under gets an official Mariners vinyl jacket free, Tom. Jacket? No, no. No funny nose no glasses, nose. <laughs> no. I'm sorry. Hmm. What am I going to do with 30,000 pairs of funny nose glasses? That's your problem,
1: Tom. Now, obviously, we keep hearing about the young pitching that everybody wants from the Mariners. And it seems to always be about the starting pitcher, whether it's Wu, whether it's Bryce Miller, you hear Logan's name. But let's not forget, there are some dogs out there in the bullpen. There's some dogs with team control, some dogs that could get some interest that maybe we're not thinking about them as trade chips. Anyway, so the topic of Matt Brash came up. And what hypothetically could his value be like? And would you be willing to move that? And what for? And why his value could be like the dark horse undercover best trade chip for the value that the Mariners have. Uh, here's a picture that doesn't really get uh, thrown in there. You don't hear his name as much on the trade stuff, but it would be interesting to see if anybody would be, go after a, a, a brash.
3: Yeah, he's a hot arm. Lights out stuff. Absolutely. He could be in any deal.
1: And he's not too far removed away from being a starting pitcher. You've even seen him do multiple innings more so than the rest of the relievers. Also a guy that you could turn into a closer. I mean, the Mariners were giving him a shot uh, last year at closing games down. Didn't turn out all that well, but um, the stuff's there.
3: Yeah, I mean, you start talking about these guys and Brash and everything. It's just, it's tough, the whole situation, how the organization is, um, how do I say, not broke, but that's what some people say. And you're having to rob Peter to pay Paul and getting rid of guys like Brash or any other, you know, Gilbert, whoever, just to get some hitting. uh, That's tough, but that's in the situation the Manners are in right now.
1: Yeah, it's like they want to go out and buy a, a new flat-screen TV button to sit down and watch games, but they got to sell the couch to get the money for the TV.
3: Yeah, the couch was Kelnick, and Marco, and uh, White.
1: Yeah, more like, yeah, that's the uh, the the, the uh, rec room couch. They at least sold the rec room couch here. I mean, and, you know, they, they also sold off Eugenio, and they said... No, no, no to uh, Teo, which we knew was coming. That one wasn't such a shocker uh, just because we knew we couldn't have four or five guys that are going to be up near 200 strikeouts. Uh, So we knew that was coming. Uh, The Jared Kelnick one, again, we were a bit shocked on uh, Sunday night, Monday, when all this went down pretty enraged of, of the reasons why they had to do that. I mean, with, with Jared Kelnick, when you look at the numbers there, you're like $750,000 for the season. Um, but that was to get rid of uh, Marco and Evan White, Marco, uh, uh, you know, a big contract at the end of his contract and Evan White, just a big mistake of giving him that amount of money that early.
3: Yeah, I mean, Kalnick was who Atlanta wanted. I uh, saw an interview with their GM, Alex Antonopoulos. Uh, I don't know if I pronounced it correctly, but um, he was talking with a media scrum like Jerry had, and he said that's the guy, the only position player that they've targeted so far in this offseason. They wanted him. So, um, yeah, and it makes sense for them to take on those contracts and then to flip Marco right away to Pittsburgh.
0: I have a little project. Well, once again, Edgar Martinez is using Eagle Hardware's incredible selection of brand-name power tools for his latest project. And uh, here's a surprise. Uh, For once, it's not a bat. Oh, it is a bat.
1: It's a light bat. Eagle Hardware and Garden,
0: more of everything.
1: All right, this next segment was recorded after the Brock and Sock interview with Cal Raleigh that seemed to get overhyped the day before. But there was a part of that uh, reaction episode that seemed to get some interest, and that's talking about when people say, Cal Raleigh's as good as out of here. He's a Scott Boris guy, and blah, 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 blah. And so we just kind of take that topic and kind of go with it, talking about, Why is there that fear of being gone? And what's the reality of when that would be if that was the situation? And we also talk about maybe Cal is the first person of the rest of that young core that gets the contract next. Anyways, here it is. You know, the narrative, it seems like everybody keeps saying, like, he's as good as gone. He's as good as gone. And I don't understand when people are saying that. Can you explain that more to me? Because as far as me looking up his uh contract that he's on, he he still has a few years. Yes, he's going to have arbitration. Is it because he's a Boris guy? What what is the why is that kind of something that people say?
3: Um, I just think that one, it has to do with the comments he made after the in the, uh, in the clubhouse after being eliminated last year, his frustration, you mentioned Boris, that's another thing. And, uh, he didn't say it now. And he said this, the correct answer, you know, it's not up to him. It's up to ownership and management to play, put, put the team together and it's, and it's up to him and the rest of his teammates to be in the best shape and be as well prepared as they can for the season. And, and it's on the players too. And he's right. And, uh, But I I just, I mean, Scott Boris has come out and said comments about the Mariner organization not being serious about winning. Um, That's the narrative with a lot of Mariner fans and it's kind of, you know, they don't spend the money they're cheap, blah, blah, blah. So I think you just kind of start putting two and two together and it just kind of makes a little sense. Cal's a winner. You can tell that by the way he plays um, the drive that he has, the the competitiveness, the frustration, you know. Uh you can see when he, he some of his mannerisms during the game, but and then him speaking out like I mentioned in the dugout. I mean, that's a big deal. So uh that's kind of how where I think it comes from.
1: Well, as you can see right here on the screen, uh we are looking at Cal Raleigh's current contract that he's on this is his last pre arbitration year this is the last year you're getting him at a uh, big discount uh then 25 26 27 are his uh three arbitrational years so i mean if you, i get it and after 2027 20, you he's either going to walk or you're going to trade him in 27 So when people talk about he's as good as gone, that's a lot of time. And let's just even say arbitration, too. He's not going to get to his first arbitration and be gone. I just don't see that happening.
3: Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, it's been well documented about players who spoke out too. Cal has spoken out. And I think that's a reason, too. You know, he could be traded. It seems to happen quite a bit with players that speak out going back into the 90s with Jeff Nelson, um, and then players uh, recently, Paul Seawald, uh, that spoke out. So, I mean, there is a coincidence or lack thereof a coincidence in moves that happen to guys that speak out. Um, I would, you talked about lo- losing Cal. I certainly don't want to. I think he's a gift switch hitting catcher that calls a good game. Can block. He does it all, you know, and does it for 150 games behind the plate. It seems like.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm wondering why people always say, "Hey, well, he's good as gone." You see that? You see that all the time on online. You see that all the time in social media, and it's like, I don't. He's not going to go anywhere. I don't think. This is a guy that you got to worry about going anywhere in two or three years, and if you are worried about him going in two or three years then you're kind of contradicting yourself about this next season and we're, we're when you're saying well i don't want to think about two or three years down the road i want to think about just this season and as far as him being here this this season he's here i don't see and we could save this recording i don't see the mariners trading cal of things go south this season which they very well can if they don't get more offense but I feel like he's safe being here. I think Cal is one of those important pillars to the Mariners going forward and to the legacy of the team. I just I
3: going to say, I feel like, and
1: we've talked about it before, he's one of the untouchables
3: on the team with Julio and him. But um, then again, you know, this ownership has changed their tune on a lot of things. And I've told you before, it's always a trust thing. So I don't know. Could it happen? Couldn't it happen? I will never say no with anything. The way this team operates,
1: <laughs> uh, and a lot. Of, and again, there's more of this. If I don't see him sticking around, I don't blame him if he leaves. And it's like he can't leave. He can't leave. The Mariners have to trade him. So there's no, there's no leaving. There's no Cal leaving until after the 2027 season.
3: Well, he can demand a trade.
1: He can demand a trade.
3: Doesn't mean it's gonna happen, but he could demand one.
1: Absolutely. Do you see um do you see him demanding a trade? Let me ask you. Let me put you on the hot seat here, Hannah. Do you see do you see him right now demanding a trade in the next three years? Um
3: I I, I don't know, but it would not surprise me, and let's say in a few year, two or three from 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 today, it would not surprise me. No.
1: So we're still doing this podcast in three years here on the Great Odyssey, because that's where we'll be in three years, right? We'll still be doing this podcast or Odyssey. I don't know.
3: Where I'm going to be in 30 minutes.
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> I know in three years I'll be right here on Odyssey. I'm wondering if we ha- we pull this clip up and and you're like, I'm gonna say, Cal Raleigh ain't going anywhere. I'm gonna say he, he's going to get a, he's gonna be one of the Mariners. I think that you're gonna see get a contract faster than maybe some of the pitchers, maybe some of the other players that you're expecting. I feel like after George Kirby, I think Cal Raleigh is probably the next person that the Mariners, out of the core guys, tries to lock up. What do you think about that?
3: Yeah, I could see that too. No doubt. I mean, he's a, t- he's a top five catcher probably in the, in the league, you know, um, hopefully take that next step this year, be an all-star and just keep grinding and taking steps forward every single year. You know, he's what's this is only his, he's only had, well, last year was his first full season in the bigs. Correct.
1: Yeah, in 22, he got sent down, came back yeah. up. The best return I have can ever remember of any Mariner. Um, he had like a, a like a Mike Trout coming back from the minors, kind of ripping back into the major leagues because a lot of people know this Mike Trout. I live down here in, in Southern California. I remember he got sent down to the minors, came back up, never turned back. That's what Cal Raleigh's 2022 return felt like. Yeah. And... Yeah, so his
3: yeah, so his career's just getting going. I mean, he's a baby in the league now, you know, first full season and God, he's shown a lot. And uh he's a good player. It's someone I want to keep around. I mean, we've seen our catchers who they've been, you know, the Miguel Olivos, uh, since, you know, probably the most famous catcher in Mariner history, Dan Wilson left, you know, so It's not an easy position to fill that has the skill of Cal that can do it from both sides of the plate and both sides of the ball. So whatever, whenever he becomes a free agent or his contract, it's going to be, he's going to be a, a well-paid player.
1: And then my other question here about Cal is we talked about, The window, the window with a lot of these guys in their pre-arbitration or early arbitration seasons here coming up. You got Cal Raleigh. You got George Kirby. And you got Logan Gilbert. I think we can all agree those are the three Mariners that... They need to sign, or that's, that's the other half of the core with Julio, JP, and Cal. I would say that's the core six, guys. When you talk about this is the core of the Mariners, would you say it's those six? Yeah. Can we agree on that? We're looking at Cal. We're looking at Kirby, who have one more pre-arbitrational year. And we got Gilbert. Gilbert is the only person out of these three that is in an arbitrational season. Estimated he's gonna be making about five million this year. And Cal and Kirby have one more year until they hit that arbitration. Out of these three people, which person right now, just hypothetically, do you see the Mariners moving on from and getting something? And which two do you think are going to get those contracts, or do you think it's less than that?
3: I, I personally, I hope all three of them stick around. Um, so, the so Mariners right. can af- the Mariners can afford them, and they've developed them, and that's what you ask for is an organization to develop your homegrown guys, and hopefully they turn out to be great players where they deserve to be paid, and the Mariners you would think can afford that, but that's another story. Um, I would assume that Kirby has the higher ceiling probably. But Logan's been working on some other pitcher pitches as well. I mean, these guys are just such babies, only playing, you know, one full season, one and a half full seasons, or you know, or two full seasons. And they're just so early on in their career it's kind of unfair to think about already but it just seems to me if they had to make a choice they would probably i think would part with logan first
1: because of the one year ahead in the arbitrational
3: yeah i mean he could get be getting paid you know i've heard upwards of you know, not this not This upcoming year, he has another good year. You know, he can be in the high high teens as far as salary and arbitration. I've read.
1: I agree. Um, if I was seeing one person that would have to go, if I have to go, some big blockbuster trade out of this, it would it'd definitely be Logan, because he is what he is. You're getting what you're getting. I've I. I think there is some ceiling there. You're right. He is developing some other stuff. Wants the ball. He's going to get you lots of innings. He has pitched a lot of innings in the last couple of seasons for the Mariners. Um, as far as Cal and Kirby, I think those are the two that the Mariners are definitely going to lock up. Let's hope that all three of these guys get locked up. Like you said, maybe we even see them start to get locked up this season. If they start getting locked up this season, then do you look back at 2023's offseason, which is not over yet, but do you look back and go, Okay, I understand it a little bit more.
3: I mean, I yeah, I mean, I understand. It doesn't mean I like it, but yeah, yeah, I understand it. Um, but you know, you can look at it in another way on the other aspect of it, with you could see you could you could say or make the argument, well, um, we could trade George Kirby, we could maybe get the most out of him. Are for him he has you know the highest ceiling and you know the last number of years of major league experience controllable contract which they you know both are but um kirby started his clock one year uh one year later than logan so you could maybe get more for kirby so i mean there's all kinds of ways to look at it but it's hard to say
1: yeah well, that's about all the uh, the news we we have for today. I know there's all kinds of other rumors going on here with uh, possibly heating up a bit uh, with the other young pitchers on the team, Wu, Miller, um, and Logan kind of gets thrown into that situation. But we're going to let those develop a little bit more. Uh, Mariners still have not put their other foot down or any foot down when they're when people are like i'm waiting for the other uh, foot to land or the other shoe to land it's like they haven't landed one foot. they're still uh neil armstrong waiting on the waiting on the ladder to jump onto the moon here mr Buner, will you play pepper with me
0: i can't son it's against the rules how many times have you heard that? Hi, I'm Ken Griffey Jr. When I'm not running the bases, I'm running for president. Vote for me, and I promise to erase every no-pepper sign in America. Mr. Griffey, would you play pepper with me? Sure, kid. Could you help me out with some swing states? Oh, uh, yeah, I guess. Assured every foot and a pepper game in every backyard. I think Ken Griffey is spending too much time on the field, not enough time on issues like the flat tax. No Pepper? I say yes to Pepper. Look, Pepper was outlawed for a reason. It tears up the turf. You know how big this thing was? Look at this. Pepper man, and right under there, Korean War ends. The man don't want you to play Pepper. You gonna listen to the man? If you outlaw Pepper, only outlaws will play Pepper. So where does the candidate stand on real issues like the flat tax? I mean, if they're so smart in Washington, why don't they have a baseball team? Baseball without Pepper is like baseball without baseballs. Hey, anyone can champion Pepper. It takes a real man to champion the flat tax. It's Pepper that people want. They don't care about the minimum wage, the flat tax. They want Pepper, and they want it now. Pepper to the people, man. Land of the free. Why can't I play Pepper? Jefferson should have said Life, Liberty, Pepper in the Pursuit of Happiness, but it just didn't sound right. But that's what they meant to say. I know that. And where does this moose stand on the flat tax?
2: All right. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring DC, Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Saving start with three travelers, eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season.
1: Thanks for checking in with us on Sunday morning. Thank you for liking, subscribing. And again, go check out our new YouTube channel. It's the rye bread and mustard pod. I think that's what it's called. Rye bread. It's the rye bread and mustard podcast, YouTube channel. And of course we'll be back all week. We're just waiting for something to happen. But, uh, and again, thank you for listening on Odyssey at Odyssey sports or wherever else you're getting that podcast action from. All right. It's Sunday. Get some rest. Monday night football tomorrow. Go Hawks. Talk to you soon.